ahead and be seated just for a little bit. I want to share with you some simple things that will help all of us lay hold of God's strength regardless of our circumstances. It's a brand new year. And we started out last week, we talked about it's very important that we admit our need. The Apostle Paul did that. He understood that in the natural realm, he had no way that he could, in his natural ability, to remove the thorn in the flesh that was arrayed against him because of the abundance of the revelations that he was receiving. But the Lord spoke to him a mighty word, and he said, My grace is sufficient for you. And Paul's response was, Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my weaknesses that the power of Christ may come upon me, even pitch a tent in my life. Amen? And so it's a very important, you know, if you're going through a difficult time that you have faith buddies and there's nothing wrong with you admitting that you have a need. The second thing we want to talk about, we want to understand this. It's so important that God's word become final authority in our lives. I encourage you this year to get in the word and stay in the word because the word of God is food for our spirits. Is that right? So we must feed our hearts faith food, if you will, in order for it to be strong. God's Word contains within it the proper nutrients for your spirit, your soul, and your body. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul said this to young Timothy. I believe it's in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. He said, if you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, and that's what I'm doing, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Now notice these phrases, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast ordained, amen, or attained. So we see that God's word is nourishment to our spirit. We draw strength from the word of God. Psalms 119 and verse 28 says, Raise me up and strengthen me according to the promises of your word. And I like what the prophet Jeremiah said. He said, Thy words were found and I did eat them. I partook of them. One way to eat the word is meditate on the word. To chew the cud, if you will. To mutter and to utter and to talk to yourself continuously what God's word says about you. And so Jeremiah said, Thy words were found and I did eat them. And what was the result? And thy word was unto me the joy... And the rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by your name. Amen? And then the Apostle Paul, once again, he's departing uh, from a group of people that he loved dearly. And he said something to them in Acts 20 and verse 32. He says, and now I commend you to God. This was his final word to this group of people. I commend you to the word of God and to the word of his grace, which is able to what? It's able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those that are sanctified. Amen? Amen. And then, of course, you know, Joshua, he followed Moses. That's kind of a hard person to follow. Moses is the one that took them out of, the, you know, out of Egypt. He was not quite able to take them into the promised land. And Moses died. And then the mantle or the anointing, the assignment fell upon Joshua. And you'll notice in Joshua chapter 1 that the Spirit of the Lord is saying to him continuously, Be strong, be strong, be strong. 
and be only very courageous. And he tells us a clue what will keep Joshua strong. And if it worked for Joshua, it's going to work for you. Amen. He said this in Joshua 1.8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you will make your what? You will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. One person says good success there means you'll be able to deal wisely in all the affairs of this life. Kenneth E. Hagan, Pastor Hagan's father, my spiritual father, Brenda's spiritual father, and many of you said this. He said, the most deeply spiritual men and women that I know spend at least 15 minutes meditating on God's Word. And this is something you can do. You know, you don't have to remain in your bed as you meditate. It's a good thing to do it. But you can meditate all day long. Find yourself a scripture that pertains to your particular case, pertains to your particular situation that you're going through. It might be healing. And just put that in your heart, keep it in your mind, and mutter it and utter it and talk to yourself all day long. If you're facing a difficult situation, maybe it's a meeting at, at uh, the, uh, the job that you're in. Or maybe it's something you know, you're going through and you have a confrontation that you need to face. Well, one scripture that you can hold fast to is greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And how would you meditate that? You just talk it to yourself all day long. I got the greater one in me. Nobody has to hear you. Just focus and keep your heart and keep your mind fixed on the word of the Lord and it will strengthen your spirit. Now, the main area that I want to talk about, the next one, number one, admit your need. Number two, stay in the word. And number three, wait on God. So we're going to spend a little bit of time with this. Look at Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 29. Isaiah 40, 29 says, Has thou not known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, and we sang about him today, the everlasting Father, aren't you glad he is? The creator of the ends of the earth Fainteth not, neither is weary. Well, if he doesn't faint, and if he's not weary, and we're in him and he's in us, then we don't have to faint. We do not have to be weary. Amen. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Say, I'm not going to faint. I'm not going to be weary. For the greater one lives in me. Now notice verse 29. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. So we serve the God of the increase. Oftentimes increase is taught in the area of finances. And and it should be because it's part of our covenant. It's part of what belongs to us as our benefits that we have in Christ. But did you know that peace can be increased in your life? That grace can be uh, increased in your life? Paul writing uh, in Timothy, I believe it is uh, either 2 Timothy 1-2 or 1 Timothy 1-2. He said that grace and peace will be multiplied unto you. That's increase through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. So if you need an increase in strength, amen, why not just raise up your hands right now and say, Thank you, Lord, for increasing my strength. That's a good thing, isn't it? 
Now notice in me in verse 30, even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But, but they that wait on the Lord, they that do what? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. So we're going to look at this verse for the rest of our time today. I believe this, that a major key to our youth being renewed like the eagles is waiting on God. I'm 72 years old and I am a major candidate for my youth being renewed like the eagles. We got anybody else? Somebody says, well, I'm 25 years old and I feel old. Well, your youth can be renewed, not removed, just like the eagles. Oh, thank God. I believe I'm looking at a congregation of eagles today. So let's break this down just for a few minutes today. Let's look at the word Wait. In the original Hebrew, the word translated wait means to be intertwined or braided together with something. Now, when you braid two cords together, it becomes difficult to distinguish the one from the other, does it not? They become one in form and they become one in strength. And that is what happens when we take time to wait on the Lord and to meditate in His Word. We become so braided, we become so intertwined with Him that His strength becomes our strength. Woo, glory to God. Wait on the Lord in worship. Wait on the Lord in meditation. Wait on the Lord in simply beholding Him. As you do, you become braided. You become intertwined with Him. You become one with Him. And there comes a great exchange of His strength for your strength. Woo, hallelujah. Amen and amen. Good preaching, pastor. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Wait. Now look at this next part. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. I already said that that's an exchange, your weakness for his strength. But also, the word renew means to remodel or restore something just like it's new. Restoring an old car, for example. We have some car buffs here on the front row. Amen. Sometimes the car is stripped down to its frame and put back with new parts. A new motor, for example, new brake lines, new electrical wires, new shocks, new everything. And then the interior, interior gets redone and they give the body a fresh paint job. Anybody ever seen a car restored or renewed? It is a beautiful thing. New motor, new brake, all those things. And after the car is finished, it looks as if it just came off the assembly line because it's been clean, completely renewed. Amen. Amen. Some of us need to go into the assembly line. Because, quite frankly, we show a little bit of wear and tear from the everyday stress and strain of living in this world. But thank God we've got the answer. We can get into the Word. We can wait on the Lord. Amen. And get our strength renewed. 
by the power of God. Well, let's give him 10 seconds of unhibited praise right now. Glory to God. We're mounting up with wings as eagles. So strength is being imparted in this house today. Pastor Brenda was under a strong anointing and she got that word about everyone being strengthened in the Lord. Now notice again in verse 31. Let's read it together. Ready, read. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now notice the next part. We've already talked about waiting. We've talked about renewing. Let's keep the scripture up there if we can so I don't lose my place. Now let's talk about mounting up with wings as eagles. There's some very interesting things about eagles. Many of you probably know more about it than I do, but let me just cover a few little things concerning eagles that apply to you as an eaglet or eagle Christian. Number one, eagles fly at high altitudes. Not with low flying birds or sparrows or other small birds or buzzards. And here's the principle. If you want to be an eagle Christian, you need to learn to fly with other eagles. Now that does not mean that you disassociate yourself from other people because we love everyone, amen? Amen. And we're at a fellowship with everyone. But when it comes to having close relationships and close fellowships, when it comes to having a need in your life, you need to have fellowship with other eagles so that they can help you soar and mount up. Amen? Number two, eagles have a very keen vision. A very keen vision. Their eyes are specifically designed for long-distance focus and clarity. They can see three miles away. If they've got their eyes on a certain prey, they don't take their eyes off of that prey. And it could be up to three miles away. They have ability to focus on objects. And as we wait upon the Lord, the Lord will give us clear vision. He will enable us to remain focused no matter what obstacles may be in our way. And the other thing that can happen is we'll be able to see things from His perspective. We all face challenges sometimes in relationships. We all face challenges in life. I think a good thing for us to do is ask the Lord, how do you see this? How do you see this? What would you have me do? What would you have me say? How would you have me to deal with this? You know, it's always good to check in with Him before you open your mouth. Because I know, I've opened my mouth before when I should have stayed quiet. And when you open your mouth, when you should have stayed quiet, the words are already out there. It's hard to get them back. But ask the Lord, how do you see this? How do you see my children? How do you see what's going on in the nation? How would you have me to pray? How do you see this situation that I'm facing on the job? 
It's kind of like this. If any among you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Seen things, seen challenges from his perspective. And I'll tell you something, he'll download answers right to you. You see, it's a part of our responsibility to acknowledge him. We do not want to exclude him in life. We want to include him. In all of thy ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So the ability to see things from his perspectives. How do you see this? And this also works with how we look at other people. This will keep us out of the critical zone. This will keep us out of the judgmental zone. Sometimes we get critical and judgmental of people and we have no idea what they've been through. We have no idea their present circumstances. I mean, everything in hell may have come their way and the last thing they need is our bony little fingers pointing at them, judging them and being critical toward them and asking them, where is your faith? Hey, big shot, if you were going through what they were going through, you may not even do a third as good as they are. Amen. And I just thought I'd preach that just for a while because that's good preaching. But how, how do you see this person? How does the Lord see homeless people? How does the Lord see people that are addicted to various drugs? How does the Lord see prostitutes? How does the Lord see them? I tell you how He sees them. He sees them through eyes of love. He sees them as potential harvest. So instead of us being scowling and having an attitude toward those people, what do you say? We see them and love them the way God sees them and pray for them and look for opportunities. Come on, somebody, to be a blessing to them. Amen. How do you see that person? You know, sometimes people, when they act out and, and they get in the flesh, a lot of times it's because of the insecurities they have in their own life. It's a lot of times they try to build themselves up and make themselves look bigger because they feel so small on the inside. And so God will give you insight. He will show you how He sees that person. And He will give you the charge and the ability to pray fervently for those people. Amen? Amen. How does He see the challenges that we face? We need to learn to look at the challenges, look at the disease, look at the lack from His point of view. Remember this, you've been raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are not a victim, you are a victor. You are not a loser, you are a winner. So understand this. If you want to get his point of view, get your mind renewed on where you are in Christ. You've been raised up together with him. You are seated with him at the right hand of the Father. You're an heir of God. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And as you get the word of God firmly Planted in your spirit, the word of God will enable you to see as he sees. And when you see as he sees, you'll be able to say what he said. And as you say what he said, you will have what you say. Glory to God. 
Never move toward your mountain with your mouth shut. How does God see those mountains? He sees them being removed and being cast into the sea. Our God is a God of movement. And He will move things out of your way if you will cooperate with Him. And you will look at things from His perspective. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. Thirdly, eagles. They only feed on fresh prey. They never eat dead things. That's for vultures. That's for turkey vultures. Only vultures eat dead animals. But eagles will not. So eagles, be careful what you look at. Be careful what you see. Be careful what you watch. Well, Pastor Mark, those things don't bother me. Oh, yes, they do. You just don't know that they're bothering you. But there is a taxing, if you will, that comes from the spirit of this world. If we affiliate with the world, if we associate with this world system, literally, it will eventually bring you down. So I don't want to, you know, go, you know, hyper holiness today. But there is value in being holy. The Bible says, be holy even as I am holy. And I cannot be holy watching certain things. I can't be holy flirting with the spirit of this age and the spirit of this world. And neither can you. The best definition of holiness that I've ever heard, that holiness is Christ-likeness. So ask yourself in your little life and on your journey down the path of life, is this Christ-like? Would Christ approve of this? Would the Holy Spirit do that along with me? I think not. So eagles, be careful what you watch. Be careful what you see. Number four, eagles are extremely tenacious. When a storm comes, other birds fly away from the storm with fear. But an eagle spreads its mighty wings and uses the current to soar to greater heights. I believe this church in 2023 is going to catch the winds of the Spirit and rise higher and higher to greater heights. No matter what challenges we may face. Let us mount up with wings as eagles. And let us go from glory to glory. And strength to strength. If that's you, shout yes. Yes. Come on, ten more seconds of praise. Glory to God. I'm going higher. I'm going up. I'm going over. Glory to glory. And strength to strength. I heard an illustration lately that will help us. You know, on the waters, in the ocean, you'll see seagulls just about everywhere. And seagulls are kind of flaky. They fight each other, and they squawk and fight. I mean, over the tiniest scraps. And you'll notice that seagulls, what they do sometimes is they'll follow pelicans around as they dive on schools of fish. 
And as soon as the pelican hits the water, there are three or four seagulls trying to steal the fish right out of the pelican's mouth. But there's one thing you'll never see. And that is a seagull trying to take a fish from an eagle. I have a friend that does deep sea diving. He's a spear fisher. His name is Bayless Conley. He pastored Cottonwood Christian Center for many, many years. You know Bayless. And I want to read something that he said. He said, there are at least two pairs of eagles living on Catalina Island that I know of. And they perch high upon the cliffs of Catalina. He said, you can be anchored out in that little bay. And if you whistle, the eagles will immediately look around. If you take a fish and throw it, the eagle will leave its perch and come around to grab that fish with its talons. Yet, he says, even when there are seagulls around, the seagulls leave the eagles alone. What the eagle will do, the eagle will take that fish up to the perch and eat it. It is the picture of majesty. It is the picture of strength. And here's the idea. The idea is this. If you and I this year will wait on God, all the little things that are squawking at us, all the little things that are harassing us, all the little things that are troubling us, they will fall away as we rise above them. Oh, let's rise above them. Let's not let the seagulls of life Let's not let the evil spirits distract us from being in the perfect will of God. And so God's strength comes to us as we wait. We've looked at three concepts. Wait, renew, mount up. And here's what the result will be as we do. Let's go back to verse 31 of Isaiah 40. But they, let's read it, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now I want to talk to you just for a few moments. Number one, we shall run and not be weary. Number two, we shall walk and we shall not faint. Every one of us have a race to run. Amen? You may not have discovered what your race is, but I believe you're going to do it. But we've all got a race to run. And we've got a race to finish. Some of our races are going to be over sooner than others. You know, I'm going to live a a long, long time, but I'm only going to live as long as I know when I'm done, I'm done. Amen? And that could be several years from now. But we've got a race to run. We've got a race to finish. Now notice in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. In other words, those things that hold us down, that tether us to the natural realm, we are to lay them aside, and the sin, which so easily besets us. Read the rest with me. And let us run with patience... The race that is set before us. I like what the Passion Translation says. Then will we be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. For the path has already been marked out before us. 
all the while, as you're running this race, you must keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the Master. He's already been there before. And He is the way. He is the truth. And He is the life. So if you do not want anything to hinder from you your, you in your race, anything to disqualify you, make sure that you keep your eyes on Jesus. Make sure that you keep your eyes on the living Word of God. He's been there before. We can run if we run after Him. He knows the way because He is the way. And that lines up with Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith. One translation says this, looking away from everything that would to distract us to Jesus. Amen. And so run your race. And as you run your race, you will not be weary. And then he says, and you shall walk and you will not faint. You shall walk and not faint. You know, the greatest walk that I know of in the word of God is the walk of love. It's the walk of faith. If we walk in love and we walk by faith and not by sight, what's going to happen? Well, when you walk in love, the Bible says that love never fails, does it? If you want to be a success in life, meditate in the Word of God, but make sure that you're walking in love every day of your life. Anybody ever had any challenges with your love walk? I'll raise both my hands. So what do you do if you fail to walk in love? You admit it, and you quit it, and you repent of it, And you make sure with a quality decision that you're not going to let that happen again. If you do not want to faint, if you do not want to be weary in your race, we must walk in love because love never, ever fails. And then let's look at 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter and the seventh verse. Notice it says there, for we walk by what? We walk by faith, not by sight. Oh, that's good. Say that me. I walk by faith and not by sight. Say it one more time. I walk by faith and not by sight. This shows us there are two different ways that we can live. We can live by God's word or we can live by our senses. We can live by what we see in his word or we can live by what we feel or see in the natural realm. Walking by faith is your decision every morning. One of the first things that I say in the morning is these three things. I walk by faith, I walk in love, and I walk in the Spirit. I need to remind myself to walk by faith. Now, another word for faith is trust. We could say it this way, I walk by trust, not by sight. Amen? In other words... 
I'm walking by a higher kind of sight than natural sight. I'm walking by spiritual sight. Because the eyes of my heart have been enlightened. They're being flooded with light. See, walking by faith is walking by the sight of a higher kind. When you get into this word, you'll begin to see some things, brother. Sister, you'll begin to see some things. If you will meditate on God's word long enough concerning your healing in your body, you'll certainly see yourself healed. Faith sees the answer. Faith says the answer. Faith acts on the answer. It is our way to live. Those of you that have been declared righteous... Those of you that have been justified, Romans says that the just shall live by faith. Say this with me. I am the just. just. The question I have is, how shall the just live? The just shall live by faith. Say with me. I am the just. just. And as one of the justified, justified. I choose choose. every every day to walk by faith. How many of you know it doesn't take very long to go down? How long did it take Peter to go down walking on the water? Just like that. That's why I exhort you to stay in faith. To keep your eyes on Jesus. To keep your eyes on the Word of God. We cannot afford one bad day. Let me say it this way. I can't afford one bad day. I cannot afford the luxury of feeling sorry for myself. I cannot afford the luxury of whining and complaining and moaning and groaning. Why? Because I know better. And because the entrance of His Word has brought light into my life to walk by faith and not by sight, I can't afford it. And if I can't afford it, you can't afford it. Oh, now certainly there's going to be days where you don't feel like it. But how many of you know we don't live by feel like The just shall live by what? The just shall live by faith. The way to run and not be weary and walk and not faint is to keep your eyes on Jesus and to walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, say it with me real strong. I walk. I live by the word of the Lord, not by sight. Now, part of living by faith and walking by faith is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I believe it's verse 18. So if you'd pull that up there, 2 Corinthians 4, 18 says, While we look not, while we look not, while we look not at the things which are what? We could say it this way. While we refuse to look at those things that are perceived by our five physical senses. While we look not at those things, but at the things which are, which are not seen. Hallelujah. How many of you know the eternal living word of God has to deal with the unseen realm? So we can choose to look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are, hallelujah, not seen. For the things which are seen are what? They're temporary. Understand this, that it's subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So what do you say? We live all year long in the strength of God. That we walk by faith 
and not by sight. Amen. They that wait become braided, intertwined upon the Lord, shall renew their strength. They'll experience an exchange. We're going to mount up with wings as eagles. We're going to run and not be weary. We're going to walk and not faint. Stand up, everybody. That's enough for this morning. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Father. Amen. Amen. So try to spend time in your quiet place every day. I encourage you, don't bring an agenda. Just sit and reflect and listen. Be open and receptive to God's guidance because He's there with you. And as you wait, He will speak. Then you can act in confidence. I encourage you sometimes when the weather gets nice and everybody said amen, amen. Take a prayer walk outside. Acknowledge Him. Talk to Him. Then get quiet and just listen. I was talking to Caleb the other day, and Caleb and I have something in common. We really like to go for long drives. I love going for long drives. You know why? Because that's a connection point for me. I'm not listening to the oldies I'm a long drive. I've removed the oldies. And just driving in His presence. Whatever works for you, do it. I asked Keith Moore many, many years ago, now, Brother Keith, what does it mean to wait on God for you? How do you do that? And he said something to me that was absolutely life-changing, and I want to share it quickly with you. You don't have to be seated. We're almost done. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, notice this verse in the Amplified Version. It says, And all of us with unveiled face, because we continued to behold in the Word of God as in a mirror the glory of God, of the Lord. Did you know that when you're in the Word, you're in the glory? You are constantly being transfigured or changed into His very own image in what? Let's read it together. In ever increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is that Spirit. These words came out of Brother Moore's mouth. He says, Mark, he says, I just behold Him. I just look at Him. Let's raise our hands right now. And let's behold Him. We behold You this morning as our healer. We behold You this morning as our financier. We behold You this day, Lord God, as our strengthener. Oh, we behold You. And we keep our affection set on things above. And Lord, we know that when we keep our hearts and our minds stayed on you, you will keep us in shalom, shalom. You will keep us in perfect peace. Another thing that Brother Moore has said throughout the years, and I love this, say this with me, what I behold is what I will become. Behold him. Behold him. Experience the glory and experience his strength. Amen. Glory to God. Let's give Him praise today for what we've heard. Lord, we give You praise. We give You the glory. We give You the honor. Hallelujah. 
Amen. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Glory to God. Thank you for the deposits, Lord, that happened in this place during praise and worship, during the exhortation and through the teaching and preaching of your word. Oh, we couldn't thank you enough. Thank you, Lord.